Oh, uh, maybe this is it. I think it might be logged into Kelly's Gmail account. Rub row. Like, who's this email from Sergio? Who is Sergio? Who is Sergio? He says he's a pool boy. I don't have a pool. <laughs> Welcome to Seriously Pointless Conversations About Culture, your Seriously Pointless podcast about all your nerdy and geek things across time and Windows 98, James. Hey, don't be hating on Windows 98. Hey. It was way better than the hot garbage that 95 was. It, it's true, but you know, it's like I said, it, it's not. It's nowhere near as good as uh, XP or Windows 2000, I mean, James. XP was the shit. I mean, it was. There's a reason why they. they I'm pretty sure there are some computers that still run XP, even though they don't support it anymore. I mean, I didn't upgrade past XP for a long time. Put it that way. I mean, it's not. 2000 wrong. was okay. The Windows, like the Millennium Edition, was hot garbage. That was. Yeah, I remember that. And we all just waited. <laughs> we waited a long time. And the only reason I have Windows, the newest one, whatever the heck that's called. I think it is. It is it is it twenty. The twenty. What were they calling it? 2020. I think it was Windows 2007 was the next one after the Millennium one, wasn't it? Yeah, but there's the newest, newest, brand newest one they came out with. It was literally like, hey, we've noticed you bought Windows 2000 or whatever it was, the the previous one. They changed models. They're not doing like versions anymore. They're doing like subscription service is what they're trying to push. Yeah, which kind of annoyed me, but they're like, it basically said, hey, you have the old one, but you have a key for the old version. Here, we'll just let you upgrade for free. And I'm like, cool with me yeah you know, it's like i i'm gonna use my i'm gonna keep using my old key i'm gonna get these free upgrades from you guys it's like how dare you show up in those unsightly rags that's Here, right put this on says, that's right how dare you come to this bowl this is you are just filthy old rag man i'm a ragamuffin yes i am but anyways james we have got up got off the rails right off the bat but anyways guys if you hadn't noticed we're going to go back into nostalgia land today and we were to be talking about one of our favorite PC games of all time. Something that really got us into uh, PC gaming, really, as mm-hmm. kids. Uh, Age yeah. of Empires 2. Yes. And this is an oldie and a goodie. And I think we did, we played this one after Red Alert 2, if I remember right. We did. And so this was kind of the um, success- successor to our um, RTS fascination, as it were, I would, mm-hmm. I would consider it. Um, I would almost say, did, would you think it was, a, was it Red Alert and then Red Alert 2, and then we got into this one, probably? Red Alert 2, I think, was already out or coming out whenever we started playing it. Yes. We only did one for a very short period of time. Yes. I think that we did two, and then we played this. Yes, and then I don't know if you guys really got into Red Alert 3 like I did. I think you guys kind of skipped over it and just moved on. Like we, we played a bit, but no, we didn't really get into it. After Age of Empires, we moved on to uh, Rise of Nations as well. So we I would next. almost consider between Age of Empires and the Age of Empires franchise... And StarCraft, those are like the two major RTSs that kind of like formed the genre for, let me extension the next couple of decades. Yeah, I mean, Age of Empires is kind of like the Monopoly board game of the uh, RTS world. It really is. I mean, it's like, it's the same core game, but you just put a facelift on it. 
You really do. There's the Age of Empires Lord of the Rings edition and the Age of Empires <laughs> Star Wars edition. And they really did. I mean, pretty much a lot of people really did rip off of it. I mean, essentially, like you said, we, we had like the one that I really got into with the Sam, one of our friends. Uh, Age of uh, the Empire at War was what it was. It was called mm-hmm. Star Wars Empire at War. It was literally mm-hmm. just Age of Empires, Star Wars. That's all it was. It was great. It came out for the prequel Star Wars movies. Yep. And uh, there was a cheat code that could summon a Death Star. That's right. And, Which was the know, most important I totally part. I forgot about that. That's great. That's good memory right there. <laughs> I remember, because I remember cheat codes, kids, because that's something you don't get a lot of nowadays. You you kind of have to analyze it. But cheat codes were like a necessity to have back then, because if you like just got frustrated with something, you're like, I'm going to put this cheat code in. And you're just like, I have a Death Star now. I'm going to totally destroy this level. Yay. Well, yeah, because we've talked about all the time we spent playing these games. You have to realize that. We didn't play the missions at all. No, we really didn't. <laughs> we just did like a little, like a single scenario map, like yeah. a versus or just against the computer. It just messed around. Like I remember we would build vast shield walls. <laughs> yes. It doesn't, don't worry about building troops. We just like have walls, walls upon like layers upon layers. We're like walled walls. off the entire map. <laughs> yeah. And eventually you just block the people in and you'd have like one, one unit, one unit at that point. You just sit there behind the shields and shoot the feather guys. And yeah. It's like, no, you don't build units. You build walls with towers and turrets closer and closer <laughs> until there's no base left for the enemy. <laughs> that I gotta care. I remember you trying to do that to me one time. We were playing a multiplayer game, and I just remember they like just like what is he doing? <laughs> I'm just like, and then that was a tactic we used on a couple other things when we played like co-ops type stuff. It yeah, like, it works great on low settings AI. It doesn't really work against a human. <laughs> no, no. Anybody, especially one with like barely, you know, you know, just the slight amount of intelligence is like, what is he doing? I'm just going to go around this thing. Look at the side where there's no wall at yet. So, but before we get into the deep, deep, like hole the abyss, which is nostalgia at this point. Um, uh, so let's learn a little bit about what you've been up to, James. What have you been up to this week? What have I been up to this week? Uh, working mostly, to be honest. Yeah. But uh, the Burning Crusade Classic has come out. That's right. And uh, I'm getting ready to play that this week, hopefully. Yeah. And that is going to be fun. I've been playing through the Super Mario 3D World with my good. lovely wife. And we've been doing it in co-op, which has been great. Thank you. And for the most part, co-op has been a nice kind of benefit. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not as bad as like the Wii U Mario one where the co-op, you know, definitely made things harder. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just like, come on. And they're just staying in there and you can't go any further. There's a little that. more space oh. on the screen, which is good. Uh, it does kind of randomly pick the person who it's going to follow. Like, it's not always the first player who yeah. the, the screen follows. It's like whoever was most recently further ahead on the map. <laughs> and so when you're trying to double back to get something you missed, it can be a little frustrating. But it's, I, I, it's a very fun Mario experience. I can see that a little bit. I tried to play a little bit with uh, one of my nephews. I can I kind of saw that a little bit. And he would just go, like, run off and kind of do his mm-hmm. own thing. I'm just like, well, like, the level's over here. <laughs> like, we need to go this way. And he was just like... You know, area it would just randomly do that. Like sometimes it would pick him up and move mm-hmm. him. And other times it would just like pick up and move me back towards him. And I'm just like, what is going on here? It made no sense sometimes. But it's nice if you're just trying to casually play through and yeah. pick up some of the trickier stars that I imagine would be just ball bustingly difficult on single player. With a multiplayer, you know, buddy to kind of anchor you, you can try a few more times, and it's a little bit easier. It's a little bit easier because there's definitely been a few times where I have I had to look it up on YouTube to figure out how, like, I'm like, how do I get to the star? Like, this is super annoying. Like, why would they do this? And you have to kind of look it up, but it's it's, it's still fun nonetheless, and I, I truly enjoy it. I'm gonna hopefully go back and 100. I want you guys to get done with it. Like I said, I'm I'm in no rush whatsoever to get back to that because there was a couple 
a couple f bombs dropped definitely while I was playing that game. So. Well, and I've looked at some of this stuff to 100%. Like, did you know that there's a sticker for each character for finishing the level? Yes. Every level with that character? I will not do that. I'm not, that is not 100%ing. That is BS. That is BS. Care. And, you know, at the end, they give you another character so you can go back and do it all again. Like, no, yep. I'm not doing that. No. That's I'm, why I'm I getting the stamps I, and I'm getting the stars and that I'll be satisfied with that. That's that's 100% to me. I'm, I'm a. Uh, this I'm is the Breath of the Wild with 900 Karak seeds again. It's like, yes, no, that's no. I'm, I, I will choose the cheap hobo <laughs> version of me 100%. How about that? So. Yes. <laughs> but anyways, on my end, um, so I've been playing, actually, I know you saw me uh, whenever you came downstairs. Because mm-hmm. uh, third wall breaking, guys, This is that's where our studio is. It's in a basement in my house, which is, yeah, dark mm-hmm. and dank. <laughs> Two guys in a basement. <laughs> that's right. It's better than, I won't say that's bad. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> It's a bad reference. Anyways, um, <laughs> we'll move on from that. Anyways, so, um, but he saw me. I was playing Borderlands 3. I actually picked it up on Steam. And I don't know if it's still on sale, guys, if you want to check it out. I think it was like 26 bucks for the complete edition or whatever it is. It's got most of the DLC. I think it's the first season um, uh, expansion. It's the one thing I hate about uh, the new Borderlands is they have two season passes, James. Two. Why? Because they're jackasses. So the next, the only good thing about the first season is that it has most of the content in it, mm-hmm. uh, the, or the downloadable content, the DLCs and stuff like that, or for like uh, playable missions and things like the next DLC. They don't really have anything for it yet, so it's not really like I didn't really, I wasn't really like, oh, I want to go get that. They have like one DLC mission, but it's a bunch of like add-ons and like cosmetic bullshit. I'm like, okay, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I won't buy that yet. I'm just gonna wait and hold off on it. And, We'll go from there, but I mean, maybe this makes me a boomer, but I just, I, I understand buying a expansion. I understand buying it's a, a game, but this idea that we're going to release the game and then get all these little things with it is yeah. ridiculous. Like, uh, it's it's micro. It's basically microtransactions. Well, yeah, it's, it's like the game that uh, this is one that just came out on Wii earlier this year. Not on the Wii, on the Switch earlier this year. Yeah. That I was really thinking about getting, and when I saw it, I just couldn't bring myself to buy it. Like the the Fenris Rising one. Yeah. Like it's supposed to be like a big open the world, like um, Breath of the Wild type thing. But like on the day the game released, <laughs> on the literal day it released, yeah. they had a main game, they had three different expansion packs, they no. had a bunch of cosmetics, and then they had like a $100 season pass to go with their $60 game. And I just took one look at that, and I'm like, nope. Yeah, you can just flip right off. I was looking for a vaguely amusing game to waste about 20 hours on, and I can tell that this is not the one for me. Yep, that is exactly exactly (laughs) what I was thinking. So I kind of want to get the – there's another one. It's called Phoenix Rising. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of, the Phoenix Rising one. Yeah, Yeah, so it looked really cool, and I was like, I'm really excited. I was really excited to play it, but I was just like, I don't want to – like you said, I saw the same things. It's like and, a Greek inspired, yeah, you know, it's it, supposed to be like irreverent, dumb humor. Perfect, yeah, right? It kind of reminded me of like a like a dumbed down, like slapstick version of Diablo 2, essentially, kind, yeah. of, kind of thing. Where you go around, you fight big baddies and things like that. And it looked really fun. I was like, this will be fun to play. And I'm like, I, I don't want to do that. I'm like, so I'm in, I'm in the same budget. I'm going to wait until they do like a complete edition. They're like, it's going to be discounted down. You wait a year. Such is the older gamer mentality is like, I, I have time. I can wait. I can wait a little bit. Yeah. I have, you know, my money is precious and I'm, I, I don't want to pay $60 for a POS. that's not a hundred percent made all the way complete. So, yeah. And, uh, 
I don't necessarily need the AAA experience on everything anymore. No, 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 I don't. And to be that. honest, the AAA games are losing some of their luster these days anyway. Yeah, there's yeah, that is not wrong. Like still, said, uh, still waiting on the PS5. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a while. You probably it's, it was actually I was reading something the other day. You might even have to wait till like 2022 to get one, James. Yeah, there is a global semiconductor shortage. Yep, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the bright side is right now the only thing they've got out for it basically that's any good is Ratchet and Clank, uh, uh, a rift apart, which is pretty fun actually. Well, it's supposedly the great big story one was supposed to be a really good one too. Yeah, that's another. So they've right. got like two titles, two good ones. There's a Dark Souls remaster, but I could I could get Dark Souls on the PC for pennies. So exactly. And that's, that's what okay. you're looking at. So like, I have a whole library on Steam to play still. I pay $15 a month for Xbox Game Pass for all these games that I haven't played yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm good for a long time. That's fine. You know, I, I got things to preoccupy me until I can. I've got the 700 or 600 bucks of what's what it was. I think it was 600 sitting in my bank account. It's mm-hmm. it's set aside. I know I've got it. You, you know what it's for. It'd be it's, fine. It's, I'm good. So... <laughs> Anyways, so talking about games that definitely don't cost very much anymore if you want to go try and find them, uh, Age of Empires 2. Or actually, uh, if you'll mind, one more digression. Digress, Jake. Dig- please Roller digress. Roller Coaster me. Tycoon 2 is on Steam now, too. I will never buy that game. I'm not, I just not a, I'm not a tycoon kind of guy. Or there's the open Roller Coaster Tycoon for free, which is better. <laughs> Way better. I think I've seen you play that before. It's like it's basically there's a giant mod community came together and made it, right? They it? rewrote the entire game like line for line to bring it back because for a long time the game just did not work on newer versions of Windows yeah. and there wasn't a good workaround. But, and, but yeah. that's such the as the tycoon games are some serious nostalgia. Such is the power of coders, my friend. They <laughs> if they like something, they will go for it. That's why I love these kids nowadays. They will even some of the older guys, the mm-hmm. guys that just like they will try to find something. They want to bring it back. And the company's like, oh, we're not going to make any money out of it. And they're like, fine, then. We're going to fix it ourselves and do it. We'll bring it back. It'll be better. We'll have blackjack hookers. <laughs> It'll be great. <laughs> blackjack and hookers. I love you it. You know what? Forget the blackjack. <laughs> Forget the blackjack. Oh, uh, Futurama. Uh, I missed Futurama. Futurama was great. That was a great show. And I'm so sad that it left. But it, it is what it is. So there's other things that preoccupy my time. So anyways, guys. So... Age of Empires um, is a real-time strategy game developed by Ensemble Studios and published by Microsoft, and was released in 1999 for the for Windows and uh, the Mac, Macintosh. I have to say Macintosh because that's what technically the Apple system was called. That's what it was back then. Back in it's not iOS or whatever it is. That was Macintosh. Um, it is the second game in the Age of Empires series. Um, and this whole thing is actually set in medieval times, essentially. It's kind of mm-hmm. that's the kind of the era that they chose. So, do you want to do a kind of a brief overview of? I mean, hopefully, most people know what RTS is. So, real time strategy games. Yeah, so real time strategy games, like we talked about when we did our Red Alert video. Yeah, they are basically games where you take the role of a empire or a kingdom. Yep. Generally, there's some type of larger mission scenario going on, but for each match you have your resources and you're trying to fight another group, usually yeah. to the death. Yeah. You have resource gathering units and they collect things like wood or gold or oil, depending on the game. Mm-hmm. You use this to build settlements where you can upgrade and make troops and you use the troops to kill the other people. Pretty basic. Real simple. Real simple. I love it. And that's, and this is the kind of thing that really like 
made Warcraft kind of start. Mm-hmm. And all it's that called real time because before this, things like Risk and stuff very were more turn based, and so this is something which took place in real time. So yep. hence, real time strategy. Real time strategy. So, but yeah, so the nice thing about this though is they added like whenever you had some older games, like I'll say like Warcraft, like I was saying earlier. Mm-hmm. And even uh, Red Alert, you only had maybe like one or two factions, you know, mm-hmm. to choose from. This thing had mul- so it, it diverged. It had base units that were pretty much the same, but then they had mm-hmm. multiple civilizations. I'm talking like uh, thirteen, uh, I think, right? I believe it was thirteen. Yes. So you can choose from thirteen different civilizations to be, and they all had kind of a unique ability. Like yeah, they made some units. They usually had like a specialty unit, or they and they usually had like a historical figure attached to them. Whatever, like you could play, you could uh, hire them and make them part of your, your army. But they also had little differences. Like certain ones would be better at they'd have benefits towards like the researching, uh, you know, technologies, or some would be better at gathering things like that. It was mm-hmm. Small little differences that would make one civilization better at doing something than the other, mm-hmm. which was a huge change for this, you know, you know, already set in stone genre, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing they kind of added on to is like, they had multiple uh, scenarios, multiple campaigns in there that went after basically the lifetime. They basically picked historical figures within each of these uh, civilizations. So I remember if like, you know, like the base one they had is like, um, was the Scottish one where you had William Wallace. You remember that one? <laughs> I had the big old broadsword, and that was like the, this is like baby's first campaign. Well, this is, <laughs> this is what you have to do. Click forward, and they basically kind of walk you through the, for, through the first couple of scenarios, and then you, you know, end up, you know, having your own little mm-hmm. uh, uh, campaign. You do like the last couple of scenarios that you, you end up finding the big thing. But then they have ones like go over like uh, Joan of Arc or mm-hmm. uh, Salomane. Uh, is that is that, is that Salomane? Salomane, probably. I believe it was, it was Middle Eastern. Um, but they do things. They don't just center on like European history. They do like Middle Eastern, you know, you know, civilizations. Mm-hmm. They stick basically, but they stay within the European, like Euro Asian continent type mm-hmm. stuff. Which yeah. it's it's very interesting. I really enjoyed that kind of thing. That was kind of my first kind of glimpse into like medieval military history essentially i don't think i ever played the campaign oh my god like, not like, even a little dude, bit <laughs> I, I, my, my old white guy was tingling back then like i was just like you know like you know it's like it seems well like, you were always into the campaigns on these games like with red alert and now yeah. age of empire well i always wanted to figure stuff. out the best way to like you know the figure out the fastest way to like beat the campaign or mm-hmm. get around or find all little intricacies and things like yeah. that and you guys were more like let's build things and like find each other and i'm like eh, that's okay I'm like whatever i'll do it with you guys this is fun it's but, like what happens if six colossuses attack a death star that's all we want to do that is a good question you know so but like so let me ask you this james so i know we played this for quite a bit of time i feel like we played this for a couple of years before um any of the bigger games came out mm-hmm. really uh some like i guess some of the clones the age of aoe clones um what do you remember most about this game like when do you when do you remember first like entering i honestly remember the star wars version the most um i remember the death star cheat codes i remember they had like a regenerating shield wall and they had like the gungan army and there was a empire army uh, what else do I remember? But that's, the, that's the kind of things that they they, they took from AOE, like, like they. Yeah, I remember it was all pretty much an exact AOE clone. Yeah, 
They slapped just, a different just, skin on it. They there. slapped a different skin on it. It was exactly the same they, stuff. They, they changed a few little like wording things in there. I remember it, it had multiplayer same. support. I remember yeah. it supported more than one, more than two people from multiplayer. Yeah. And did this one have online or was it? This had, did have it online. had online. It this wasn't just the, IP to IP only like yeah, Red Alert was. This, this was one of the first ones where it had, you know, that online thing. And I remember playing this a couple times on my computer. My dad getting pissed off because we tapped the phone lines <laughs> trying to do this. I mean, you play for a couple hours. Luckily, it was like the year after this came out, I think. I think we actually finally got a like dedicated uh phone uh, like dedicated line for um the internet it wasn't like it was actual like it was an internet line it was like actual cable and things like that i don't remember it wasn't it wasn't a it was, excuse me it wasn't a like a coaxial cable i don't remember what it, what it, it was it wasn't cable internet or dsl i don't think it might have been ds it might have been dsl at the time because that was the very because you guys lived in the cape proper city so you would have had dsl i think we, i'm pretty sure we had dsl at the time like, that was the first day we, our first time we got dsl because i we got, remember we got dsl around 2000 2001 i think that's what it was yeah because i didn't remember you guys having a second phone line no we did not have a dedicated phone that doesn't line, sound like something your dad would have done no he would not have paid the money for that <laughs> <laughs> but dsl was perfectly okay um, because my mom had to use it. She was using it for stuff for like that for work. And she was like, well, the kids need to have it for like school. And it was a her excuse. That was her excuse. And I was like, whatever. Computers. He's still like that. I had to teach him how to use, um, it was funny. Right before he retired, they moved him to like a safety inspector position or safety coordinator position. He had to learn how to use Microsoft PowerPoint, James. And mm-hmm. it was like pulling his teeth out. He hated it so much. I had to give him a class on how to do it. <laughs> I love the man to death, but he's definitely, technology is not his thing. So, so- this is something I found really interesting, though, is you get people who I know for a fact they know nothing about computers and they yeah. don't know how they don't know the first thing about even like changing the settings on Microsoft Word. Yeah. But they know how to use their smartphones. They do. You get like these 60, 70 year old retired people and that's what they do. They sit on their couch and they use their smartphones and they are iOS whizzes. That's right. They and are. they don't know anything else. <laughs> no. Nope. But the thing is. That's why I love. That's the one thing I was talking to my mom about that because you know since they're getting rid of the, uh, they're get, basically removing three G networks. What le- what little they have yet, and mm-hmm. they're basically pushing everything to five G. Well, my dad has a three G phone. It's like a, a like flip style like rugby. It's like one of those rugged ones. So now they have to get him a smartphone. And he was just bitching and whining about it the other day. <laughs> and I love him to death, but he's like, oh, why don't I get one of them smartphones? And I was like, mom, get him an iPhone. It'll be, it's, they're user friendly. They love old people. They're easy to use. Like, you don't have to put apps on it. All you have to do is make sure he's got his, his, his thing where he can listen to his audiobooks on there if he wants and make sure he can use like the Google Maps thing or the I, the I. Exactly. That's all he needs to do. Like, it'll be fine. There's no malware. There's no spyware on, well, maybe spyware. No, 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 <laughs> no unsanctioned spyware, I shall use, we say? I use Steve Jobs for that. So. <laughs> So it's, it's like a, that's the that's the one like upside of the closed app store is you're not going to accidentally download something highly illegal. I don't start about James. I've never done such like that, like an emulator like that. So <laughs> I've never done that ever. The downside being you can't play, you know, Pokemon Red and Blue on your phone. But, you know, mm, it was so much fun. <laughs> so many long nights, so many long nights. And I didn't have anything to play. And I was like, oh, I'll just play this for a while. I I totally beat, I think I, re- I beat Blue because <laughs> I played it so much, but it was great. Anyways, before we get into the deep, deep stuff, so um, so obviously, uh, even though, like we were saying, even though the game was essentially the same as the first one, it had used the same engine, similar code as the predecessor, um, the, it's called Age of Kings is what it's called, technically. 
mm-hmm. it took a year longer than expected to uh, uh, to come out. And so they they released kind of a middle middle ground one. It was Age of Empires: The Rise of Rome. Mm-hmm. They did that instead, and then that's whenever the year after that is whenever uh, Age of Empires two came out. This is back in the day, like we we've said before, guys. Uh, most games they took they were they were like power eyes. Like you literally had people working like 12, 14, 15 hour days, and they got these games out fast. Well, the expectation was that these game studios and these game franchises had much shorter development times, and games were self-contained. There wasn't like an aftermarket for the games. Are you saying they <laughs> they wouldn't come back and say put out something? I don't say like a classic version of something, James. No, that would be unheard of. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, so it's like you know, these major studios—they were they were releasing big titles every year, or maybe a little bit more often than that. Yeah. And so, Age of Empires one, Age of Empires two, might be two years later at the very most. Yep. At the mo- but now you have things that are that are like the Last of Us. You have the Last of Us the uh, the game. The first one came out. I'm going to say 2004. Two, 2004 mm-hmm. maybe um maybe a little bit later than that maybe 2006 and the newest one came out you know last year two mm-hmm. years ago no it was maybe three years ago wow it was even three years ago mm-hmm. it came out three three years ago and so that's a huge that's almost a, a decade difference between you know a, the, the originating title and the sequel mm-hmm. that isn't that isn't you don't that was unheard of. That's unheard of. Like, if you told somebody about that back in the Atari days, they'd be like, well, why would you wait that long to try to get the yeah. money? I people? mean, for like a PC RTS game, you'd make the game. Yep. If it was successful, you're, the crew that worked on that first game starts immediately on an expansion pack yep. using the same engine. And then your other, your second crew starts on a new engine to make the new game. Do you have hiccups, James? A little bit. <laughs> the, tea, the tea is quite strong. That's our time. James can't hold his tea. <laughs> the perish the thought. <laughs> Better add some whiskey to it. That'll, 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 that'll tone it nerve. down a little bit. Calm your nerves, as it were. <laughs> so obviously, like you said, you know. They, but there's also like less to the games, too. I mean, they, yeah. they were what they were. They didn't have all this bloated bells and whistles stuff. Like the expectations of a AAA game is. This is definitely us being it's old different man, than it get is off now. our lawn kind of thing a little bit. But, yeah, we're kind of getting curmudgeonly. But, <laughs> no, but, but it's okay, you know, because it's 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 our time frame. That's what we dealt with, you know. And because you paid when you paid thirty dollars or forty dollars for a game, where it was mostly thirty dollars for a game, you knew what you were getting. You knew what you were getting. And nowadays, it's you get these things like I got, God forbid, cyberpunk. I'll, I'll say cyberpunk. Okay, you get something like that, and it's just it's literally a heart garbage mess. I love my some of my buddies at work that they're like they swear but they're like oh it's a fine it's okay it's an okay game I'm like no it's a POS I'm like they should have like they would have just said hey we're not ready give us two more years well people would have understood well, it was definitely that No Man's Sky kind of mentality well and here's the thing with these No Man's Sky is another good example of this video games have gotten to this like too big to fail mentality where yeah. for a AAA title. By the time you've gotten all the people involved with it, all the art assets, all the stuff, I mean, they're sinking millions and millions of dollars. It's like a movie budget into these games. And then if they release and they flop, well, failure's not an option. So the game is going to stay on the market. They're going to keep messing with it until it becomes successful by attrition eventually. Eventually, yeah. They kind of like force it down your throats. It's kind of, yeah, it makes me so mad. But anyways... 
But that, that, the only thing that this really would have in common with some of that stuff is they did release an expansion pack because it was so well received. Oh yeah, um, they did a kind of thing. They they did a uh, well, expansion of, packs are easy for RTSs too. Oh, easily. So. You put a you put a, yeah, a dozen extra units in the game, make some more missions, and yeah. uh, make the maps bigger, and well, it's an expansion. Yeah, yeah pretty much that's that's what they did. <laughs> that's you know? so dead simple. It was super simple. So this one they called it the Conquerors is what they called it, and you can imagine what this Ooh. is about. It was. Um, it was a had a South American twist on it with the conquistadors, James. Oh my! So it's a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking like you could never release that today. No, no. They're like, and I can remember some of the missions. They're like, you have to go into the forest and invade the Incan civilization. I'm like, well, this is gonna have some heavy undertones. I'm like, what's going on? I have to find the fountain of youth, and I'm like, wow, yeah. Um, you probably want to re-edit some of this text on here, guys, and say, you know, Cortez was a horrible person and just, like, enslaved these people and brought malaria and all this other fun stuff to the civilization of the Incan Empire. I was thinking, well, where's the smallpox button? Because I know how to win this scenario. Like, easily. <laughs> Would you like a blanket and some beads? That's like, that's that's awful, but it's true. That's what we did. It's like, I don't need to fight. That's right. I have diseases on my side. <laughs> that's right. So, obviously, this game was so well-received um, that... They, they eventually made a gold edition a few years later that had everything kind of bundled up. And it was even so well, like people still play it to this day so much that actually uh, Microsoft actually um, re- allowed a uh, upgraded high definition version of it. And it's called Age of Empires 2, the HD edition, which came out in nice. uh, 2013. And then they, later on, they upgraded it even more uh and it's called it the definitive edition, or which was a basically a remaster in 2019, uh, a few years ago. So, like I was saying, they, they had so many similar things uh, to the other games, but like the the team, you know, being as successful as they were, they actually kept on going. So they ended up making, you know, uh, Age of Empires three, which I don't know if you did. You ever play that one at all? I touched on that one a little bit. At that point, I was into Rise of Nations. Yeah. Because they had Rise of Nations is where one of the games where you saw, like, the advancing technologies in the RTS genre. They took ideas from, like, Civilization 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. And they incorporated that into, like, you know, advancing through the ages of your civilization. And they also had attrition mechanics. and Which, to be fair, I think I kind of liked it a little more. The Rise mm-hmm. of Nations in a little bit. I play. I actually have it on Steam, and I actually played it a couple yeah. times. It's definitely dated. Most of these games are dated. They're dated now. By today's standards, it's dated. Absolutely. At the, at the time, it was really cutting edge. Yeah. And for a group of friends playing mostly like in land parties, having like you know the attritions and the country borders, and you yeah. know racing against technology, it made it all very very exhilarating to play. It was it was definitely a lot more fun as opposed to like this one where you didn't really know how anybody else was going because. I remember in Rise of Nations, it would like give you these updates, like how you know, depending on where you went, like like James just entered the information error. I'm like, son of a bitch, I'm still in the Stone Age. <laughs> like, how did you do that? I'm like, I'm gonna die. Yeah, and it's like so and so developed an apex technology, artificial intelligence. It's like, well, that's the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And there are the dying robots. There they are. So, but yeah, so the, like I said, there are so many games. Do you know? Can you think of any other games at all that might have? Uh, come about because of this at all? Do you remember? Well, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, there is a ton of stuff in this genre. Age of Empires was definitely king. Command and Conquer was its own thing. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of contemporaries. 
Warcraft, which I think we've talked about before, Absolutely. was another staple of the genre. And it, it had more of a storytelling and individual heroes. It, it took a different development track. It definitely did. Uh, the Rome Total War. I that's think a whole is, other series. It's a whole other series itself. So but that, it has more of like the historical interest and type. Is, and that's more of a... So that took kind of the nice thing with that genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, they took more of the turn-based stuff on, on, on the overlay map. Mm-hmm. But they allowed you to play your battles in game, which uh, the scenario mode for Rise of Nations did that, and as well, uh, yeah. And there was a spinoff to Rise of Nations. It was like a uh, a mystical version of it. I can't remember what it's called now. Talking about the Warhammer? No, it wasn't Warhammer. They did. They do basically Rise of War. It's basically no, Warhammer. Rise it's of- it's pretty much the Rise of Nations engine. But they adapted it to mystical stuff. Like there's like a fire and glass genie civilization, oh and there's like a dragon civilization. I have it's, to dig dig a little bit for that one. It was fun. It was fun. I, I did a lot. I actually did play the campaign mode for that one. Oh wow! Look at you. Because <laughs> it had like a risk style over map, and then you're doing each scenario. You know, you got, I might conquer this country, and they might conquer this one, and you get bonuses as you conquer more and more of the map. Okay, it's cool. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what you're talking about right there. And, and there's so many other things that they just added to it along the way. Um, and, and that's kind of the thing. It's like you look at some of these newer games that they've added. Basically, it, it's it's kind of like take this bedrock that, you know, AOE, you know, set about and was like, oh, these are lots of really good ideas. Like kind of like putting in the historical map, like having campaigns for each of the civilizations. Like you have that in the new StarCraft games. Like you have... Mm-hmm. In StarCraft 2, you had campaign for each each person, you know, each, you know, um, race. Yeah. You had more for the Zergs, the humans, and the Protoss, all, you know, and the Terrans. Sorry, Terrans, mm-hmm. not the humans. I apologize. Well, and, yeah, and that's classic Blizzard there, too, the very cinematic, yeah. moving story missions. But you do that, like, the you look at any, like, modern RTS, they do that with a lot of things. They do. They do that, and they take all, they take a lot of these things, these ideas from these older games and they kind of build on them, which I love so much, you mm-hmm. know, well, like, especially like the unique units and things like that. Yeah. There was actually this really fun game I saw the other day. It is, it's kind of like a turn-based one, but it's, it's a turn-based RP, uh, a turn-based strategy. And it's like a alternate future of Russia where you have these giant okay. mechs. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Like, and there's legitimately, like, there's a mech with, like, two sickles for, like, weapons along with some guns. Huh. It, it's pretty cool. I cannot remember the name of it for life of me. So is this, like, Armored Core, or is this, like... It's kind of like Armored Core. Or is bit. this, like, giant robot anime type mechs? Like... It's more like Armored Core. It's okay. Not, it's not, like, it's not like Gundam or anything like that. It's, it's, it's not, those are not nearly as powerful. It's more of, like, a look at, like, a... Like, like very slow methodical. Okay, I can dig it. So it's like an armored core type thing. It, it's, it's pretty cool looking. So I kind of want to like try that because you would not see you wouldn't, and I, we probably would have gotten there eventually with some of the stuff. But but especially with like some of these, you know, they they, they kind of tell people like, hey, you know, you put your own little flair on these things and kind of make whatever game you want. Thus, like mm-hmm. you said, you get the things like Star Wars, and mm-hmm. you get things like you know, they even had a Company of Heroes type one, which was kind of this they kind did. of kind of similar is like more of a military type one more modern era but but yeah that i mean is there anything else that really kind of stood out to you about this game that made you really kind of say oh hey this was a pretty fun game no the biggest thing for me was that like you said the different different factions uh the multiplayer that would incorporate lots of people and being mm-hmm. able to play online that was really nice 
And uh, I mean, that was really the biggest difference for me compared to something like Red Alert where there was only two factions. Yeah, and you could really only have like two people playing at once and you could have to take your turn. It was land only. And so, I mean, it's uh, as something a group of friends could play together. It was a big advancement. It was, it really was so. And like I said, it was so like well received and at the time that, you know, you know, it, it left that impact that um, IG actually ranked this uh, game as the 53rd uh, best game. Or not, it, it ranked 53rd out of 100 best games of all time in 2005. And in PC Gamer actually called it the uh, 10th best PC game of all time in 2007. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it still sits there at 10th. <laughs> um, it's definitely great. It definitely sits uh, at probably, I would say it's definitely an 80. It definitely had room for improvement seeing some of the new kind of things that they have nowadays for RTSs and things mm-hmm. like that. But it definitely holds a nostalgia feeling, nostalgia feeling behind it. Uh, I don't know if I'll go back to it anytime soon. but Probably not. I mean, it's a, it, I think for me it's a great historical interest. It's something we loved a lot. It doesn't have the same replayability of newer ones do with no. the technology trees and the different paths to victory. And there's mm-hmm. there's just a lot more going on in the new let, games. Let me ask you this: If you were to have, like, say, a younger cousin or a friend, a younger uh, person that you you know know whatever, would you recommend this to them at all? Oh yeah, uh, actually, my youngest uh, brother-in-law played the hell out of the Lord of the Rings version of the Age of Empires, and good for him. And he did the Star Wars one. And he did, I think, he did the original Age of Empires ones Gabe. too. Yeah, I'm talking about Gabe. Gabe yeah. yeah. <laughs> he he loved these things to death, and he just played the heck out of it. Good for him. So I'm proud of him. I think this is a great game for kids. It's uh, there's a lot going on still in the Age of Empires, but it's not so much that it's totally overwhelming. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's still a great game. Absolutely. So I would totally recommend this. Like I said, I kind of hoping like eventually one day maybe Lewis will want to play, or maybe Marcy will want to play. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know, but I like even the even the the, the nephews. I've kind of like they step come over and see me play it a couple times. They've seen me kind of playing RTS, and they kind of mm-hmm. look and like, like, "What the heck is that?" Like, that's not on. We don't have that on our Xbox 360 mm-hmm. that you gave us. It's an old, <laughs> broken out piece of junk that I have. So I'm like, "Hey, here, have this, kids." They're like, "This is a Lego Batman." Yeah, I think this would be a good gateway game for kids. Absolutely, I think it would be good. It's good a little bit. Has a little bit of histor- history behind there, uh, if me uh, a slanted history, but um, it's still it's still good. I think so. Yeah. Anyways, James, I want to say thanks for uh, coming by and waxing a little bit nostalgia with me. Um, guys, if you like what you heard of today, this is going to be a little bit shorter episode. Uh, we're doing some shorter episodes. I think it's just helping us out a little bit um, time constraint wise and making sure that we get enough material out there for you guys at the same time. And also it's a little bit easier on our um family lives a little bit yes (laughs) so we might have a few shorter episodes here and there but hopefully in the next coming months we're going to ramp it back up maybe a little bit but for now we're just going to keep it kind of simple and easy maybe have a few shorter episodes like i know you noticed you guys probably noticed we had a shorter one over earwitch or sorry earwig and the witch last week um a few weeks ago um but like I said, everybody, I just want to say that's that's, that's kind of what we're going to be doing for a little while. And if you don't like the new format, just let me know. We'll try and uh, get some people in here that are have a little more time than we do. <laughs> Maybe we'll pass all the rain. Who knows? But guys, if you like what you heard, hit us up on social media. Let us know. If you don't like what you heard, let's still let us know. We want to know what what you guys enjoy. Um, you can always find us up on social media and find of our all, all of our old episodes at uh, all your local podcasting apps. Uh, Spotify, Podbean, all those good guys, uh, iTunes, whatever you want to look for. So, again, James, I want to say thanks for sitting with me and talking with me. Of course, it's been a blast. All right, guys. Have a wonderful day. Bye.
If you're interested in keeping up to date with new episodes on our channel, add us on any of your favorite podcasting apps or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Seriously Pointless Conversations. If you have questions or concerns, please email us at seriouslypointlessconvo at gmail.com. We appreciate any feedback. Thank you for listening to our show.